Welcome to Cancer Casually. I'm your host, Lindsay DeLong, and I'm the managing editor of The Fullest. I was diagnosed with breast cancer at the age of 33 when my boyfriend found a lump and made me go get it checked out. A year and a half later, I'm now cured, healthy, and can kind of talk about it all without crying. Each week, I interview inspiring survivors who have come out on the other side of cancer or who are still battling it. We'll talk about our lives before, during, and after cancer and share what we've learned so that our listeners can look at their own lives through a new perspective, whatever that may be. Here's not just how to live with cancer, but how to be there for someone and how to cope as a co-survivor because it's not just a disease that affects you, it affects everyone around you. With this podcast, we hope to inspire others to grasp life no matter what comes at you, and always live it to the fullest. Welcome to season two of Cancer Casually. We are kicking off the season with someone I'm super inspired by (laughs) for multiple reasons. Thank you, Lindsay. Oh, well, see, (laughs) well, if we're going to start season two, I might as well start it with some tears. Oh, cancer is hard to talk about still after, even after a whole season of it. But um, anyways, I am here with Gail. She is a cancer survivor, and she also is the owner of Orange County's first cat cafe called Catmosphere Laguna. That's right. And I actually just met you about a month ago because I was doing an article for Laguna Beach Living and I, the first um, article I decided to do for that um, website was Catmosphere. I was like, oh my God, I can't wait and we thank to you. interview you. And then while we were talking about cats and all the fun things I actually like talking about, we, uh, it, cancer got brought I up. I don't remember how it got brought up, yeah. except that we did have a toast that we featured in October for Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Okay. And I think I might have mentioned our menu. Oh. I think that's what sparked the, okay, con- the yeah. conversation. Because then I found out that you are a breast cancer survivor, and I wanted to like talk to you all about that, because it's so interesting talking to people, especially people that you just like look up to for another reason, and then you find out, oh, wow, they actually have overcame something that is that I just overcame (laughs) so anyways tell me about that when did you have it was it breast cancer yes okay I was diagnosed on July 3rd 2010 2010 okay never to be forgotten just before a big fourth of July weekend oh my gosh shocking to say the least So how did you find out? Were you feeling sick or was it a surprise? Absolute surprise. I had had a mammogram routine Mm -hmm. at Hogue and the results came back in June. Negative, all good, no problem. About two weeks following the mammogram, I was in the shower and I felt a little P-shaped nodule, we'll call it that, even though it was so tiny on my right breast nipple area. Okay. And my husband's a physician. Mm -hmm. And I said, what is this thing? And he said, oh, it's probably just a pore that's clogged. Don't worry about it. It's nothing. But it persists. It would not go away no matter what I did. And in retrospect, he feels that maybe the pressure of the mammogram might have caused the actual cancer to manifest itself in this tiny pea-like nodule. So we kind of see it as the luckiest thing that could have been because the oddness of that 
made me go right to my OBGYN. Uh-huh. And I never left Hogue that day. Wow. So they did a mammogram, ultrasound, biopsy, all that I had day? three biopsies that morning at the top of the breast, and then I had three biopsies early in the afternoon. Oh, wow. Uh, they came back instantly, and they told me that I had to stay for the results to come in. They kept me until probably around 8, 9 at night. And I got the results, and I was told to see a surgeon immediately following the holiday. Okay. Um, so moving back real quick, if your scan came up clear the months before, and you're, you're married to a physician, I have never heard of that, that maybe a mammogram could cause that. that that's a little scary. It's very scary. It doesn't mean that the mammogram in any way caused my cancer okay. or, the, or the strange cells that developed. Uh-huh. They were probably developing for a year or more, oh, okay, okay, but it okay. was the pressure of the mammogram that caused it to erupt to the surface oh. so that it was invisible on the mammogram. And yeah. even in retrospect, we had several radiologists look at my actual mammogram after I'd been diagnosed and three of them said absolutely nothing there. They never would have suspected that the, there was even the slightest form of cancer developing. Wow. Yeah. So, um, yeah, because mammograms aren't, they don't show everything. They do not show everything. And I think that's an awareness that's growing among women. Uh I think there's more and more of a movement among radiologists to make sure that women understand that. Yeah. And I think, Hogue, following uh, some of those developments, AMA suggestions, I think they actually changed the format of the report that you get so that it's not so exclusionary. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things that might be there. We just can't see them at the point of this mammogram. Yeah. So for someone that is getting their routine mammograms, how often were you getting them? I believe I was on a yearly basis, okay, every a yearly summer. Basis. For me, they they don't even recommend getting a mammogram until what you're like 45 or something. That's so right. I wouldn't have had one for another 12 years. That's exactly right. And it used to be 50. Mm-hmm. Um, so what, what, would you, now that you are nine years out, what would you recommend people do also as well as their mammograms to be tested? Just do self-checks. I think self-check is the most important thing. And I think that uh, there is no real way of determining this because it's all science-based. But I think if you're past stage one, maybe stage two, maybe you're not so well. Maybe you don't feel so well. And if you're in touch with your body, it's a difficult thing to recognize or reveal that, gee, how did I, how did I miss this? You can't blame yourself. Yeah. It was not to be determined. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what stage were you? Not even stage one. Oh, that's amazing. Caught very, very early. That's so cool that you caught it that fast. Yes. That's great. So what then was your treatment? You waited till after the holiday. That's right. So I was diagnosed with HER2 new negative. Okay, HER2 negative. And so what I, the treatment course for me was to do chemotherapy first Uh and then following that full on radiation. Okay. Uh, Some of the oncologists that I counseled with had different sorts of treatment plans, but the oncologist that I determined to go with felt that that was the best treatment plan. And currently I'm on every six months still seeing him. Okay. And are you, um, how did you choose your oncologist and did you get second opinions? First opinion, second opinion, third opinion, fourth opinion. Oh, and great. the fifth opinion <laughs> was the oncologist yeah. that I decided to go oh, with. Okay. He who, was calm who is as he? could be. Louis Vandermolen at, at Hogue. where? At, at Hogue. Hogue. Okay. Yes. 
Oh. His demeanor, I had looked up every single review of him. The first three oncologists that I met with were so brusque, so seemingly uncaring, too scientific for me. And the fourth one had some holistic type treatments that I wasn't willing to go with. I yeah. really wanted straightforward yeah. care, mm-hmm. traditional yeah. care. And Louis had everything I was looking for. Oh, okay. That's great. I, I really think that um, getting those second, third opinions is great. I didn't do uh, do that. And I now I'm like in the middle of changing up. Where did you treat? Um, at, um, right on um, Fountain Valley here uh, off of Brookhurst. Um, gosh, what is it called? Just the Orange Coast Memorial. Are you there with a large team of oncologists or small office? I just have one. oncologist yeah and she's great but um I just want um I want to change it up I want to start taking supplements I take tamoxifen every day I actually think I forgot it to take it today um that's because you're premenopausal yeah yeah I was already post so that was not on my menu yeah but I want to take supplements I'm on the Facebook groups and I ask questions all the time do you go on those kind of groups and ask my sister started a site for me when I was first diagnosed And she had a lot of people writing in. I wasn't in the mood to do it. Yeah. I'm not so keen on that. I was so shocked by the diagnosis. And I, for some reason, only read it towards the end of my treatment. I couldn't read it at the beginning of my treatment. Yeah. Uh, And later I came to read just about everything that was was posted. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I feel like... um... It was hard to, and like while I was going through chemo, reading stuff you find online just scares you. And so I stopped for That's a while part too. Of it. That's part of it. It's scary. And then there's so many people in that community that you want, like even people that I've wanted on the podcast. And then they're like six months later, they say yes. And then six months later, you find out that they're like, their cancer came back or something. Are you, you're nine years out now. Like, That's do right. you, are you... Every six months when you go back, do you, are you scared or are you kind of just like, it's not coming back? Yes, I I must say I am Mm -hmm. afraid because they do the tumor markers. I'm sure they do that with you too. And so they're always watching for those metrics, right? Watching Uh for those numbers to see if anything changed in terms of, is there a new tumor? Is there a tumor somewhere else? Is it a different kind of cancer? The thing that affects me the most when I visit are all the new ladies in there. Oh, makes yeah. me the saddest. Yeah, and people yeah. your age coming in, yeah. people coming in with small children. Yeah. I feel well, like I've gotten over that mountain, right? Yeah. And I felt initially that I couldn't really deal with these people coming in in terms of sitting and talking with them because I didn't want to depress them. Uh-huh. And one of the oncology nurses said to me, that's a silly perspective. They will learn so much if you sit next to them yeah. and maybe just ask you a few questions of yeah. why you're here. Yeah. It especially happened before my hair came back because I hated my different hair pieces and hats and things. You can pull it off. I could not pull it <laughs> off. So oh, I, I decided so I was going bald and proud and I wore these gigantic earrings all the time. <laughs> and naturally, people ask questions. You yeah. know, at first, they're a little embarrassed, too, in the grocery store, for example, Gelson's. Yeah. But I'm a Gelson's. Right. Me too. But when you're in that (laughs) office setting, people do want to know. Yeah, they do. I I would do it. 
I, I was more, no, actually, no. I've always been wearing the You could the be wigs. an inspiration. Totally an inspiration. <laughs> no. With your gorgeous face. Come on. <laughs> but my hair, it's been two years since chemo. Like all my like chemo friends, their hair is like long now. But um, my hair, I have like male pattern baldness. I did in season one, two. So it just still is the same. It grows on the sides, but on top it's like not growing. So I still wear the wigs and hats, but. Sometimes now I put it in a little ponytail because I can have like a full out ponytail. It's just like <laughs> the top. But anyways, um, but what you are saying about talking to the other cancer patients in treatment, I think that is so important. I re remember my chemo, just the people that I met, it was so great to talk to them. And some of them are there at chemo every single week for the rest of their lives. That's right. Because they're stage four. And they were some of the most positive happy people, even though they have to do this, even though that they have chemo every Friday, but they're happy. Because they've come out through the other side. Yeah. There's a real feeling of coming out through the other side. You're going to make me cry now. <laughs> when, whenever we start crying, we could just start talking about cats. <laughs> just tell me the funny things that the cats do. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's true. And then they even like, they just have such a different perspective. Like, they made it to the next Friday, the next chemo. So. That's right. And family sustains them as well. Yeah. So um, what then? Okay. So talk to me about you did six rounds of chemo. Is that what nine. you did? Nine. Nine rounds. Okay. And how was chemo for you? Were you sick um, the whole time? Did it get worse as time went on? I asked for a feed in my line of, I think it was Ativan. Okay. And so I knocked myself out. I had to be there for several hours. Oh, wow. And so I would do books on tape. Mm -hmm. I would wait until I got nice and sleepy and I would fall asleep. So I don't know whether it was my anxiety about being there with others through the same circumstances or honestly worse, worse circumstances than me that made me want to kind of hide out and go to sleep. Yeah. But it worked for me. Okay. Um, and then afterwards, you had radiation. I did. For how long? I believe I had seven rounds of radiation. Okay. So that would have been seven weeks. Yeah. And then um, did you change anything else? Like, did you change any eating habits? Were you already a healthy eater? I was already a healthy eater. And I went to one of the first Hogue workshops that was offered right around the time I was diagnosed. The first one for me, I should say. And it was on nutrition. Oh. Okay. And it was all the do's and don'ts of what we should be eating. And I honestly sat there, Lindsay, and said, I don't eat red meat. I don't do this. I don't do that. I do this. I eat tons of vegetables. I actually was following the program they were suggesting. So I did not have to change anything other than tomatoes were off of my diet for some reason. Okay. I don't know whether that was something that was affecting some sort of the chemo aspect of it. But I had to go off tomatoes, and I love tomato juice. I love cutting up little tomatoes for salads. Nope. Okay. Could not do. Do you still not eat tomatoes? I kind of lost oh, okay. an interest in them. Yeah. It's okay. kind of interesting. I didn't know about that. That is actually really um, interesting to know that Hogue offers, like, a nutrition program. I didn't have that at my um, Orange Coast Memorial um, also family time. So oh, you can bring okay. family members in and talk about it. I'm going to look into that. Cause I just need someone to like write me a meal plan so I could just oh, like go there. It's open it. to anybody treating anywhere in Orange County. Okay. It does not have to be a Hogue yeah. person. Okay. That's great to know. Um, 
Wow, that's really great. So what do you um, recommend to people? Like as a nine-year survivor, that's amazing. Like what could, what do you recommend to people listening that have just been diagnosed? Stay positive. Mm, okay. Stay positive and get information. One or two of the oncologists that I interviewed with initially said, why do you want to know that? Why did you bring in that article? Why are you asking me these questions? And I knew they were the wrong oncologists for me. Yeah. For me, well, it's all about knowledge. Yeah. Not to the extent that you stay up all night looking at the internet and make yourself upset, but asking specific questions, doing some research on our own as bright people, we can do a little bit of research on our own. Yeah. But just waking up every morning and just feeling like there is an end to this. Yeah. There will be an end. Yeah. And just living like your best life. That's like right. Like if you want to be surrounded by cats all day, then go <laughs> ahead and open a cat cafe. <laughs> That's right. And I was diagnosed right at the time in my career as a lawyer where I was ready to just start pulling back. Okay. So I was doing Pilates uh, three, four days a week. I'm on three still now, but four days a week. I was winding down my office time. I was looking forward to traveling with my husband looking forward to a lot of things. And then this roadblock, right? Yeah. So when you come out of the, the other side of it, and I was still going to all of my meetings and dealing with my colleagues, and I thought, you know, I'm going to try to do something different. Okay. And that's when I came up with what can be my new business. Yeah. And, and of course, so Catmosphere is only six months old. But uh, in the meantime, I went back to school and became a mediator. So I started to do mediations. Oh, okay. And that was more or less like uh, getting close to people in a way that I felt very insightful about because yeah. I felt like I knew something. Yeah. I had gone through the other side. Yeah. That's great that you um, you you were like, okay, I just went through this and I'm going to make some sort of change that right. I am going to be interested, something that's going to benefit me and like other people. And you did the mediation and then you eventually opened Catmosphere. Um, do you think anything having to do with the cause of your cancer was like stress related to being a lawyer? I often or? wonder. Oh. I often wonder. But when they do the genetic testing and they learn that you've never had a history in your family of yeah, cancer. That's how I am too. Right. And then you are already a healthy eater. You are an exerciser. You're in great shape. So what do it, you? It makes you wonder if it's environmental. Uh-huh. And there have been studies done here in Orange County of the incidence of breast cancer yeah. in young women that They're are high. very scary. Mm -hmm. So is it in the water? Is it in the power lines? What's going on here? Okay. And some of those statistics are very scary. Yeah. Oh, well. Yes. <laughs> but it's like the most beautiful place in the world. Of course, to live. of but course. I have heard that statistic. But if we only, only knew, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't live in fear, so... Um, there yeah. was act actually no genetic component, no component in terms of um, being exposed to chemicals in any way, as sometimes people are in their professions, nothing like that. So yeah, who knows? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you um, then decided, okay, what is the thing I want to do most? And what can I, in the interview I did with you for Laguna Beach Living, um, you said you wanted to do something, you wanted to be the first at something. Right. So tell me about that and tell me about where you are now. Well, as you know from our interview, <laughs> yeah. I went to a cat cafe in South Carolina, Lindsay, fell in love there. Cat, crazy cat it's lady. It's in anyway. Charlotte, right? It's in Charleston. Charleston. Okay. Right. Okay. 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 And I said, well, I'll combine something 
that I really love with something I know how to do. Uh I'd run my law firm, my own law firm for years. So I said, okay, I can run a business. I can create and run a business. I love cats. I love people. How can I put this together for Laguna Beach? So I came back, wrote my business plan, got my meeting with City Hall. And a year and two months later, Atmosphere was born. Wow. That's amazing. And how is it doing something that you absolutely love to do every single day? I was listening to something interesting this morning, and it was about the benefits of having your own business. And of course, I've been entrepreneurial for many years, many, many years. But it was, is your business personally satisfying to you? Is your business financially satisfying to you? And if you can get to the point where both mesh, you're in some sort of business heaven, right? (laughs) Yeah. So I would have to say that six months in, every single day is completely rewarding to me on a personal level. Let's see how it goes financially. (laughs) But we're doing really well coming into spring, coming into summer, and six months in, 32 adoptions. Wow. So very, very happy with with our kitties. Well, and just like people that walk in are just so excited to be there. It's a happy place. You can't be in there and be like grumpy or having a bad day because you have kittens, cats that are coming up to you, like cuddling, jumping. It's so cool at Catmosphere that you have all these six foot tall palm trees, like made of carpet. And then all these little like things cats can jump to. I was, I stopped by yesterday. I was staying in Laguna and just like peeked through. And I was like watching this one cat just like going from wall to wall, jumping. That's right. And I have people who come in just for lunchtime, just to commune with the kitties. Yeah. You can't have a bad afternoon when you go in at lunchtime and a kitty lands on your lap. Exactly. You just can't. And that's what I really like about your cat cafe too, is that you have, it's actually like the cat lounge. And then it's actually like a place where you can like actually eat and like I wrote in the article that avocado toast was like one of the best avocado toasts I've ever had. It's delicious. Thank you. And um, you had the version with the mango on top. Yes. Laguna Breeze. It's one of our favorites. Yeah. And then um, just that you could get like wine, you could get coffee, you could get, it's just a great place. The funnest thing too are the birthday parties. Yeah. Adult and children. Yeah. And Meowga, like cat drag bingo. I mean, you guys have thought of everything. It is the funnest place. I can imagine it's the funnest place Thank to work. You. And you've just created such a like amazing. Our staff life is amazing yourself. too. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, you, sharing Lindsay. your cancer diagnosis and what you've learned and now sharing like what you've created for yourself. It's like so inspiring. <laughs> And don't cry. We got through this okay. <laughs> if you know. ever feel like it, give me a call. We'll okay. give hugs and yeah, I'll have come. a glass of wine and <laughs> yeah. commiserate. We could have a glass We're of wine. We're through the other side. Yes. Through the other side. I know. I'm so happy. So thank you so much for coming. Good to know you, my friend. Good we became instant you. friends we for did. a reason. I knew as soon as like we sat down to talk, I was like, oh man, she's just like, she is absolutely who I want to be when I grow up. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love you. Thank you so much. Thank you.